what is up and welcome into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host TJ McBride. You can find all of my work over at milehighsports.com. You can also find the majority of my stuff over on my Twitter page at TJ McBride NBA. Um, I do tweet a lot, so it's probably not for everybody, but it is a lot of information that I'd like to shove out into the Twitter world. Uh, the Nuggets beat the Blazers last night in a big, big win. They won 113-112 to 112 in Portland to kick off their five-game road trip. And man, did the Nuggets look good. I mean, they fell off in that second half for sure, but... This was the game where you got a glimpse of how dominant this Nuggets team can be when they want to be. And they're still without Will Barton, who is arguably one of their top three, four, five best players, depending on who you ask. So, man, I mean, what a game once again. It seems like every time the Nuggets and Blazers get together for a battle now, whether it's at the Pepsi Center or the Moda Center in Portland, it's just a great game. And this was the exact same way. Uh, Nuggets had a big, I think it was an 18-point lead in the first half. It literally took the entire second half, all 48 minutes or all 24 minutes for Portland to slowly climb back in this game. Denver answered each of their runs with a little bit of a run their own. But overall, it was pretty much the Blazers just chipping away at that lead until the very, very end of the game. But the Nuggets managed to hold on to get themselves to 15 and seven for their fifth straight win of the year. The Nuggets are just playing great basketball, and we're going to get into all of that. Um, we're going to get into Gary Harris returning from injury and having one of his best games of the season. We're going to talk about Millsap continuing to thrive with that headband on his head because, man, ever since he put on that headband, he has been basically unstoppable, even though he's not playing tons and tons of minutes. Um I want to talk about Monte Morris and how he continually provides the Nuggets with with exactly what they need. He wasn't a playmaker as much in this game, as much as just a pure scorer when the Nuggets needed a bucket. And that was a really interesting development. Um, Nikola Jokic is getting back to his former self, it seemed like. He was a perfect 7 for 7 in the first half from the field. And that scoring touch seemed to be returning. And he was arguably the most important player at the end of the game when he ended up dishing the ball to Gary Harris for what ended up being the game-winning three-point attempt. Um, The Nuggets, again, like I said, have now won five straight games. We'll get into where the Nuggets are currently at um, at, throughout this five-game winning streak, and then I'll answer some Twitter questions. Before we get into all of that chaos and start unpacking this Nuggets 113-112 win over the Blazers, let me give you a quick word from our sponsors. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. start anywhere from 
this Nuggets win out of the Blazers. It has to do with Gary Harris, who missed the past two games with what was described as left ankle soreness. So he ended up getting two days off or two games off. But the big reason for getting both of those games off was because there were two off days in between each game on, on each end. So that gave Gary Harris a total of six full days, almost an entire week to heal up, rest up and get ready to come back to help this nuggets on this five game road trip. And that is exactly what he did. He came in, and was looking healthy, was cutting off that left ankle well, did not seem like he was worried about it or like, like as if it wasn't going to respond the way that he had hoped. Um, his finishing at the rim looked better than it has for the majority of the year. His ability to hit threes from deep came back. He ended up taking 10 threes in this game and hit four of them. And it just seemed like getting that six days of rest was huge for him. I mean, he just looked so much more spry and athletic and just like... The former Gary Harris that we all know and love. He wasn't overly efficient. He was 9 of 21 from the field, but he did hit 4 of 10 of his threes, had a game or a team high 27 points, and then also threw in 3 assists, 3 rebounds, and a steal for good measure. He was very, very good, and he was the Nuggets' overall best player of the game without a doubt. And in addition to that, he hit what was the biggest shot of the game, which was his three-pointer from the corner with about 16 seconds left to give the Nuggets a 1-0, I believe it was a 113-110 to lead at that point. Um, just a phenomenal game from Gary Harris as he really was able to get back to his former self and begin producing for this Nuggets team when they needed it most. So... Thank God Gary Harris is back. He's arguably the second best player on this Nuggets team, and he showed that against the Blazers when the Nuggets needed a road win badly. The next player that needs to be talked about is Paul Millsap. He has just been... Over and over again, one of the Nuggets' best players, and his defense has stayed just phenomenal top to bottom. And now it's not just that, but his offense is coming back, and he's starting to look like an entire, you know, like the all-star version of Paul Millsap. And it's funny because a lot of his offensive rejuvenation has come from when he finally put back on a headband against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He took a shot from Carl Anthony Towns right above, I believe, it's his left eyebrow, and there was a gash that ended up being there, and he had to go get stitches what he said was four or five stitches he didn't even know how many stitches he got but ever since that game he's, he's worn a headband over the scar slash you know stitches that he has in his head and since he put on that headband he's played four games and is averaging 16 points eight and a half rebounds and 2.8 assists per game while throwing in two steals and 1.3 blocks he has a 99.1 defensive rating and 112.6 offensive rating for a plus 13.4 net rating overall he's only playing something like 27 minutes a night but he's able to be hyper effective in those minutes and it's allowed the Nuggets to rest him because they're going to need a full you know full-fledged healthy version of Paul Millsap as the season progresses the most in interesting part of Paul Millsap's game since putting on the headband is that he's shooting 57.8% from the field and a whopping 57.1% from three-point distance. He has just become the fully actualized version of himself, and he hasn't had to play big minutes in order to do so. He played pretty big minutes against the Portland Trailblazers. He played 36 minutes on the night, which was tied for the game or for the for the team high for the Nuggets and was just great in those minutes, top to bottom. I mean, he ended up finishing the game with, let me see here, 22 points on 16 shots. 
He was 9 of 16 from the field, 2 of 3 for 3-point distance, and then had 10 rebounds, 5 of which came on the offensive end of the floor, which was a game or which was tied for the game high. He had 4 assists and then he had 4 steals as well to round out the night, and he was tied for a game high plus 9 overall in his 36 minutes. His defense was again phenomenal. He was flying around, getting into passing lanes, and really allowing Nikola Jokic and the rest of the Nuggets defense to be hyper-aggressive up the floor at the point of attack and being basically the safety valve that allows the Nuggets defense to continue playing well even when they're playing you know so much more hyper aggressive up the floor usually when you like I've touched on this before but when the Nuggets hedge and blitz these pick and rolls you're basically leaving something like at least one open shooter or one open big slipping to the rim at any given point, which basically sends the defense into a scramble. But Paul Millsap has been so good in that scramble and so good rotating from the weak side that he's allowed the Nuggets to continue to play that version of basketball, and it's been great to see him able to do that. He has just been great, again, top to bottom, and it's hard to find any fault in Paul Millsap's game right now. The next person that you're probably waiting to hear about is Nikola Jokic, but I just can't wait anymore to talk about Monte Morris, who has just been so good. And I think his game against the Blazers was so much more... I guess there was a lot more to take away from it because he was forced to play in a different mold than he is normally playing in. And for a player who was essentially still a rookie and carrying the Nuggets point guard duties, that's very difficult to do. People don't just... They're not able just to flip a switch and be a different player than they normally are. That's very difficult because so many of these NBA players have had the ability to get to this point in their career because they got very, very good at their skill set and the way that they play. It's not necessarily one of those things to where they're a hyper-adaptive type of player, but Monte Morris who has been largely just a floor general type point guard to be able to allow the Nuggets to have that kind of a balance on their team against the Blazers, he was not that guy. He only had two assists on the night against one turnover, but where he was able to impact the game in his 30 minutes was as a scorer. He had 16 points, ended up hitting two of three of his threes, and shot a almost perfect seven of eight from the field. He had a couple great finishes at the rim. He was stepping into three-pointers confidently and was just... He was able to get buckets when the Nuggets needed it most. The It was the Blazers going on run after run after run for the most of the second half and the Nuggets continually answered back and fought back whenever the Blazers had a run like that specifically because Monte Morris was able to I guess he was able to get timely buckets when the Nuggets needed it most and you saw that against the Blazers and without Monte Morris's clutch scoring and his ability to step up when the Nuggets needed a bucket so badly the Nuggets don't win this game against the Blazers so again shouts to Monte Morris for consistently finding ways to help his Nuggets team no matter what they need at any given time whether it's defensively whether it's creating plays for his teammates whether it's specifically a bench roll or whether it's scoring and closing games for the Nuggets like he did against the Blazers. He ended up closing this game against the Blazers with the Nuggets in a lineup that featured Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. Juancho Hernan Gomez ended up riding the bench for the for the, uh, the end of the game, and Monte Morris was the one who was actually inserted into his spot. And Malone was rewarding Monte for being so great throughout most of the season and being someone that Malone can trust in at any given point. And he continues to repay Malone for that trust with just very productive play on both ends of the floor. And he has become the Nuggets' X-Factor at this point. 
All right, now let's jump into Nikola Jokic because he had what was more of a throwback game from him than we have seen in a while. Um, the passing fluidity and the flashiness was still there. You could see that he was back to, I mean, recently he's been back to playing more of a joyful role as a facilitator on the Nuggets. And that continued against the Blazers, but what finally changed is that he his shot was falling in the first half. He's shooting something like 39.7% in the nine games before playing the Trailblazers. But in that first half, he was 7 of 7 from the field, was hitting tough shots at the rim, was hitting floaters, was getting into the lane, was getting offensive rebound putbacks. He was doing all of the things that he has done for so long in his or you know for the first four years of his career. And it was great to see that that touch, that scoring touch come back in a big way for Nikola. That did tail off in the second half, unfortunately. I mean, he ended up going from being 7 of 7 to basically uh, to missing, I think, what was it, five straight shots in the second half? And he still did not hit a three. But at the same time, you could see the scoring touch re you know, reemerging. And the fact that he is getting back on that path is showing, you know, positive progress into becoming the player that he was. And in addition to his scoring coming back in a smaller way, he was still able to put out eight assists, six rebounds, and a steal, and a block, and was an overall positive in this game. So Nikola Jokic is finally starting to look like his former self. He's finally starting to get back that swagger and that fluidity to his game, and now his scoring touch is coming back. And if he can get back to who he was to finish the year next year and be a 22-11-7 kind of player, this Nuggets team is going to firmly supplant itself as the the second best team in the Western Conference and easily a top five team overall in the entire NBA. He has been great and he is finally getting back to the as dominant as he can be. All right, let's dive into some Twitter questions that came in after the Nuggets game. I'm only, I'm only going to get to three today, um, but let's just dive in. So Malik Threesley on Twitter, which is a great name. Um, are we far enough into this into the season to conclude that Denver has a top 10 defense? I don't think that it's it's wrong to think that Denver has a top 10 defense and will have a top 10 defense throughout the rest of the year, but I want to see what happens when their defense starts to skid and how they respond first. Because the Nuggets really haven't had a section of the season other than that five losses in six games in which their defense kind of eluded them, and even then they got right back into their defense during that stretch. So I want to see what happens when the Nuggets defense actually struggles for five or six games, and they give up 120, 130, 110 kind of point games. I want to see how they react to that, because no defense is good enough in the NBA, in my opinion, to be able to consistently hold teams to this few of points. There, There's always going to be a scenario in which the defense starts to let up a little bit and all of a sudden they have to find a way to get back to being a strong defensive team. So while I don't think it's crazy to say that the Nuggets will be a top 10 defense by the time that game 82 finishes this year, I want to see what the Nuggets do through adversity first before I am willing to completely allow myself to believe in this Nuggets team to be a top 10 defense. If they skid on defense and then get right back to their defensive way, I'm 100% there, but I want to see that happen first. Um, funny enough, guy named Dev on Twitter, not the Devilier Johnson that works for my eye sports, a different Dev. He asked, how many games of poor shooting would you start to worry about Murray Harris and Jokic's rough shooting? I don't care. 
this Nuggets team is too talented offensively for me to believe that their shooting won't come around. It'll have to be, I'm talking, 40, 50 games before I'm willing to be like, maybe they're just not that good at shooters this year. But even then, that's going to be an anomaly. That's a blip on the board. I do not think that Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic are going to continually shoot as bad as they have shot this year. It just does not even seem like it's possible in my mind, and that's where I'm at for right now. Um, last one, C. Tomlin on Twitter. Do you think Gary Harris should get the last shot in crunch time moving forward? I went out of my way to make sure I answered this question on Twitter as well, but I want to talk about it on this podcast too. It's not about having a bona fide closer. That is not what the Nuggets need. It's not what they're looking for, and it should not be the goal. What they need to do is to put the ball in Nikola Jokic's hands and let him make the correct decision. Michael Malone has said on numerous occasions this year that he compares Nikola Jokic to LeBron James in the way that they always make the right play, and they will always make the right play. That is what they do as players. So I just want Nikola Jokic making the right play, and last night was the perfect example of this. Nikola Jokic had a, a decently good look at an open three, but he attacked the closeout of Yusef Nurkic. He then had a, a pretty good look at a free throw line jump shot that would have put them up too, but he passed that shot up that shot up to allow Evan Turner to actually come off of Gary Harris, provide some weak side or some help side defense, and then Nikola Jokic then passed out to Gary Harris in the corner, who hit the three that ended up being the game-winning three-pointer for the Nuggets that propelled them to this win. That is what I want to see. I want Nikola Jokic to have the ball in his hands, making the correct decision, and putting his teammates in more advantageous spots than they would have been to get the best look possible to win the game. I don't care how else they go about it. I want Nikola Nikola Jokic with the ball making that decision, not always shooting the shot, not always being the guy that is the, the go-to guy late in games to actually you know carry this team as a scorer. I just want him making the correct decision in the way that he thinks is best because Nikola Jokic is the smartest player on this Nuggets team, one of the smartest players in all of basketball, and he's the Nuggets franchise player. You put the ball in his hand and you let him make that decision. The Nuggets just keep making things interesting all year. I mean, they start out 9-1, and one, take the league by storm. Everyone is blown away by what they've been able to accomplish. And then they proceed to lose 5 of 6. Nobody starts, you know, everyone stops paying attention to them. And they kind of start going under the radar again. But here they are on another five-game winning streak. They're now 15-7 and seven on the year, on pace for about 56 wins, just under 56 wins. And even more important than that, they're four and zero in the in, in their in the Northwest Division, you know, against teams like the Timberwolves, the Blazers, the Thunder, and the Jazz. Um, they have the best record in the Northwest Division. They have the best conference record in the Western Conference of anybody in the Northwest Division, and they have and they own all of the head-to-heads against each team. They have already logged a win against all four of their Northwest Division teams. I mean. It's hard to look at this Nuggets team and their win profile and not get unbelievably excited about what they could possibly do this year because they're finally taking every single game seriously and they're winning every single game that they need to. I mean, right now in the Western Conference, they are tied for the best record against Western Conference opponents at 10 and 4. They have the best division record in the Western Conference against any you know of any team in the Western Conference and now they are very quickly making things much a, you know, a much better scenario for them when it comes to tiebreaker scenarios and things like that that really ended up hurting the Nuggets last season. 
the Western Conference is going to end up being unbelievably tightly, you know, another tight race in the Western Conference for playoff seeding. And the Nuggets are doing the work early. They're taking care of teams they need to take care of. They're beating their division opponents. They're beating Western Conference opponents. And honestly, at this point, it's looking like they are just taking this season so much more seriously, and they are just killing it right now. This is a team that is absolutely supplanting themselves as arguably the second best team in the Western Conference, and it's really hard to to not get excited about what the future holds for this Nuggets team. People very quickly forget that this is the second youngest team in all of basketball, and they're in the arguably the toughest division in all of basketball, and they are taking the league by storm, and I don't see it slowing up anytime soon because there is still so much improvement left that is possible. Will Barton is still hurt. Isaiah Thomas is still hurt. The Nuggets offense hasn't even remotely peaked yet. Nikola Jokic has not been his best yet. Jamal Murray has not been his best yet. Gary Harris has not been his best yet. There is so much room for improvement in this Nuggets team, and they are just continually showing everybody around them that they are that they are a force to be reckoned with, and that this is not a team that you can take lightly. And this is a team that is that absolutely has the ability to not just make the playoffs, but get home court in the playoffs and as a lot of NBA national analysts are speculating they could be a team that could make a battle to go to the Western Conference Finals they have been that good throughout the first 22 games of the season and I can't wait to see where they go from here Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate it. The podcast has done great recently, and it's 100% because of all of the listeners and all of the fans and everybody that reads Mile High Sports all the time. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. Also, make sure you go give a shout-out to Rod Simba on Instagram. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A and the entire Regulators Production Group. They're the ones who have produced the beats that you hear on this podcast. They're the ones who have given us that music to make the podcast sound so much more professional and without them the podcast wouldn't be what it is so definitely take time to go find them on instagram that's at rod simba on instagram it's the regulators production crew they're awesome guys and they deserve the love um and again, go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, do it over and over again, whatever it takes. Um, go follow me on Twitter at TJ McBride MBA. My email is in my bio on Twitter. Leave me any feedback, comments, whatever. Um, this podcast will be up shortly, so you'll probably be listening to it on Saturday or Sunday. But there will be a podcast I'll be doing with Brendan Vote of Denver Stiffs, the original co-host with me on this podcast, overlooking the Nuggets first um, two months of the season will month and some change the october and november months of the season but until then thank you guys so much for listening and interacting we'll be talking to you guys very soon